Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus. We thank you for your precious word, Lord. Thank you for your spirit, Lord God. I pray this morning, Daddy, that you will have your will and have your way. Use me this morning, Father. I avail myself to you. Have your will and have your way. Speak through me. Anoint me this morning for your service so that your word can penetrate the hearts and minds of each and every person that is sitting under the sound of my voice. That they will hear the voice behind my voice, Father God. That their faith will be stirred and strengthened, Father God. That they'll break free from every form of bondage and every work of darkness. And that deliverance and freedom will be their portion this morning as the word of God sets them free and brings them into their destiny. In Jesus' name we pray. We all agree and say, Amen and Amen. So this morning I want to continue the series uh, that Apostle has been preaching. This series has just been amazing and phenomenal. And um, yeah, as I've just been meditating on the word, meditating on the word that he's been ministering, uh, I believe that I want to share this with you this morning. So I want to stay within the Made for Dominion series. And the sermon title for those who want this morning is Give Me my mountain say give me my mountain amen amen god's desire is for us to walk in dominion amen god's desire is that we all possess the the assignment the territory the mountain that is assigned to your life and to mine that is god's desire god has not got any person on this planet that is not here designed for purpose and for destiny otherwise his word would be null and void and the bible says there is not a man that he should lie nor the son of man that he should repent did he not say it will he not do it did he not say it will he not make it good so god is not a man that he should lie he promised and purposed each and every person an assignment and a purpose amen so in dealing with this morning and dealing with give me my mountain i just want to make mention of the seven mountains of influence that we currently or that we see in society one is government two is family three is religion four is business five is arts and entertainment six is media and seven education they are by no means in any order of priority but just i wanted to list the seven of them this morning hear me each and every person has got a place in one of those mountains. And God's design and desire is that when you fulfill your purpose, that you will influence that mountain in order to bring a kingdom culture in the earth. Amen. Amen. Don't get quiet on me this morning. So with that understanding in mind, let's go to the scripture this morning. Let's go to Joshua chapter 14, verse 6 to 15. Joshua 14, 6 to 15. Then the children of Judah came to Joshua in Gilgal, and Caleb, the son of Jephunneh the Kenazite, said to him, You know the word which the Lord said to Moses, the man of God, concerning you and me in Kadesh Barnea. I was 40 years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to spy out the land, and I brought back word to him as it was in my heart. Nevertheless, my brethren who went up with me made the heart of the people melt, but I wholly followed the Lord. So Moses swore on that day, saying, Surely the land where your foot has trodden shall be your inheritance to your children and your children's forever, because you have only followed the Lord my God. And now, behold, the Lord has kept me alive, and he has said these 45 years, ever since the Lord spoke this word to Moses while in Israel, while Israel wandered in the wilderness, and now here I am this day, 85 years old, so you're never too old to fulfill your purpose, amen. 
You're never too old to get your mountain. Amen. As yet I am as strong this day as on the day that Moses sent me. Just as my strength was then, so now is my strength for war. Both for going out and for coming in. Now therefore, give me this mountain. Say, give me my mountain. Now therefore, give me this mountain of which the Lord spoke in that day. For you heard in that day how the Anakim were there and that the cities were great and fortified. And may, it may be that the Lord will be with me and I shall be able to drive him out as the Lord said. And Joshua blessed him and gave Hebron to Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, as the inheritance. Hebron therefore became the inheritance of Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, the Kenizzite to this day, because he wholly followed the God, Lord God of Israel. And the name of Hebron formerly was that funny name. And in brackets it says Arba was the greatest man among the Anakim. And then it says the, then the land had rest from war. Number one, I just want to share with you is that every man, and when I say man, I say person, in terms of species, every person has a mountain. Every person has a mountain. Hear me say, every person has a mountain. God has not excluded anybody. When we take the model of Israel and what was happening in this day, God broke these slaves out of Egypt, took them through the wilderness, and when they were coming to possess the land, there was land assigned to each and every tribe and each and every family. So there was none without. So the design of God is that each and every person has a mountain. This is God's design. If you go back to Genesis chapter 1 verse 26, it says, And then God said, Let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let him have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and every creeping thing that creeps in the earth. This is God's original intent. He makes a man in his image, which is the exact duplicate of kind. He deals with the likeness, which is the ability to function and the potential to be like God in the earth. He makes a family. He makes an extension. He makes an offspring in Genesis chapter 1 verse 26. And he births a family from himself. The same DNA, the same makeup, the same construct as God himself. And he makes man in his image and in his likeness. Hear me? And then he says, the very next thing he says, let them have dominion. Let them have dominion. And this comes from the Hebrew word rather, which is to rule or to have dominion. So God who is king in heaven says, I'm going to make children that are going to be like me, that are going to be kings in the earth, and they are going to rule over the creation called earth. They're going to have dominion over because you cannot have dominion if you don't have a domain. You cannot, have a domain, you cannot have dominion if you don't have a domain. So when God makes man, he says, they're going to have dominion over the earth. They're going to rule like me as kings in the earth. And this is the original intent of God. Hear me? There was no religion in the beginning. God never made us to be Christians. He made us to be sons and daughters of the Most High God. And His goal was for what? That the outcome of our lives would be what? Dominion. Just like the series title says, we were made for dominion. This is God's original intent and design. 
And so even though Adam messes up a little bit later in the scripture in Genesis chapter 3, God puts in place a master plan and brings in place through the master plan. He brings in and interjects with Jesus Christ after a few thousand years. And through Jesus Christ, he now reestablishes everything, creates an opportunity through grace and through the finished work of cross that we can be saved, hear me, and through our salvation, we are redeemed and restored to what? Redeemed and restored back to Genesis chapter 1 verse 26 that says we're made in the image and the likeness of God, but don't forget the next verse, the next sentence. He says, let them have dominion. So through the finished work of Jesus, God restores us, puts us back in place, not only to be saved, not only to be saved, salvation is the beginning. It's the most powerful miracle that could ever take place. Hear me, why? Because God remade us the way we were supposed to be. Our spirits came alive, connected with God, and we were made in the image and the likeness of God with the purpose of dominion in the earth. Amen. And that's God's intention. All the stuff we've added, everything else religion has added, everything else tradition has added, and that which is taken away from this is not of God. When we're fully flowing as the church of God, with the understanding of who we are, the only outcome that God has got for our lives is dominion. That's God's outcome. So the day you got saved, the day God started to work in your life, it was not to prepare you for heaven. It was to prepare you for dominion in the earth. Amen. Number two, you have to take it. You have to take your mountain. You have to say it with me. I'm taking my mountain. I'm taking my mountain, even though God assigned it, because it has to be assigned by God. God gave him the promise. God set it in place. God said, 45 years prior to this moment that we're reading in Scripture, Caleb had an encounter and did what God called him to do. And it was 45 years before that God promised him and said, this will your foot has straight, this I'm giving unto you. You can have it. And 45 years later, he comes on the scene. What does he say? He says, give me this mountain. Why? God promised it for me. You cannot have a wilderness mentality. Hear me? And wait for God to do it. It's not going to happen. Not when you're shifting into the place of promise. When you're in the wilderness, God drops manna. It's supernatural provision that he drops from heaven to feed you and provide for you. But it's locked up within your family. The next phase when you're coming into the place of promise is a place of dominion, amen, and it's for people. It's beyond your scope, beyond your family. It's to reach with influence. So when God shifts you into the place of promise, God wants you to work with Him. It's to work with your father now. It's to work with your daddy in heaven and to overtake and overcome when you go into that place so that you can rule and have dominion in the place that is assigned to you. Amen. But you have to take it. Please hear me. You have to take it. We have to go in and say, this belongs to me. God has assigned it. He's designed it, and I'm going in to take over, and I'm not going to take sides. Apostle preached last week of a hostile takeover. We're coming in, and we're coming in with no excuses. We're coming in with the kingdom agenda, and we're coming to take over. But you've got to take it. We've got to move. We've got to say we're going in to possess what God has called us to possess. God will make up the rest, but He's waiting for us to move. Yes, He's promised. Yes, He said it so. But our responsibility, hear me, our responsibility, even according to the dominion charge the first place is what? take responsibility 
take responsibility and say, give me the mountain that is assigned to me according to what God has promised me and my children's children. Amen. Number three, you must have a different spirit. You must have a chies. It's, it's, it's much better in Afrikaans. You must have that chies. A dominion chies, a dominion spirit. Hear me, when Caleb came out of, the, out of Egypt, they were delivered out of Egypt supernaturally. Hear me, that, those miracles, it was miracles that a nation witnessed. Not, not a little thing. Nations witnessed the power. A nation witnessed the power of God. The whole of Egypt experienced God's power at once. They didn't even need CNN. They didn't need WhatsApp groups. They didn't need any sort of social media because everybody saw the power of God and how God was backing His people. So this is what takes place. God delivers them, sets them free supernaturally, breaks them out. And even like that song said, He turns seas into highways. He shifts the Red Sea, makes it a highway for the children of God to go through and then shuts it on the end enemy destroys the enemy and they live healthy and wealthy and they come into the place of the wilderness and in the wilderness God delivers the, the, the commandments and God gives them two years after two years they set free they set foot to this place in Kadesh Barnea and just before what we read this encounter takes place where 12 spies go into the land to go and spy out the land and Joshua and Caleb were two of the 12 and they go in and they come back and they give an evil report. Ten people give an evil report, but Caleb and Joshua give a report of faith to say we're going in. Hear me. They had no skill of war. They had no, they had no, they had no weaponry. They didn't know how, but they just knew because the God who delivered us, the same God that saved you is the same God that's going to take you in Take you to the top and cause you to rule over your enemy in Jesus' mighty name. So let's go to Numbers chapter 14 quickly. Numbers chapter 14, it says, verse 6. It says, But Joshua, the son of Nun, and Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, who were among those who spied out the land, tore their clothes, and they spoke to all the congregation of Israel, saying, The land we pass through to spy out is an exceedingly good land. If the Lord delights in us, then He will bring us into this land He gave to again. Bring us into this land and give it to us, a land which flows with milk and money. Only do not rebel against the Lord, nor fear the people of the land, for they are bread, they are prey, they are food. And their protection is departed from them, and the Lord is with us. So do not fear them. Verse 10, and all the congregation said, stone them with stones. You see, the religious folk will never want you to take over the mountains. They want to keep you bound in a place. Now the glory of the Lord appeared in the tabernacle of meeting before all the children of Israel. Then move all the way forward to verse 20. Then the Lord said, I have pardoned according to your word, because Moses stood and made intercession for the people. God wanted to wipe them out. And he makes intercession, and God says, okay, I have pardoned according to your word. How powerful is that? But truly as I live, all the earth shall be filled with the glory of the Lord because all these men who have seen my glory and the signs which I did in Egypt and in the wilderness and have put me to the test now these ten times and have not heeded my voice, they certainly shall not see the land of which I swore to their fathers, nor shall any of those who rejected me see it. Listen, but my servant Caleb, because he has a different spirit in him and has followed me fully, I will bring him to the land where he went and his descendants shall inherit it. Hear me? It starts with faith. 
Don't look at your circumstances. Don't look at your skill. Don't look at your level of understanding yet. Just believe that God will take you in and take you to the top. That's the beginning. That's the starting point. You know what? When we started this ministry, when we were in the garage by Apostle, his dream was never to stay in that place. He saw beyond. His fears was to take over. We were speaking about nations in a garage. We were speaking about schools in a garage. We were speaking about Africa in a garage. Why? Because he was of a different spirit so i don't care where you position today all i'm saying to you is can you believe god to take you in where he said he's going to take you in, to do what he said he's going to do and to shift you where he said he's going to shift you because you have to have a different spirit don't get comfortable in your job don't get comfortable with what you have just the fact that you can take care of us for and no more is not God's design. Because he said, I'm going to bless you to be a blessing. We have to shift our expectations today to align with the word of God. God is saying we're going in and we're taking over. And those who don't want to side with us, I'm sorry. But without excuse today, we're going in to do what God has called us to do. Amen. The fourth one I want to share with you is that the enemy is there. Joshua chapter 14 verse 15. Listen to this. It says, and the name of Hebron was formerly, Hebron formerly was Arba, listen, was the greatest man among the Anakim. The Anakim are the giants. They're saying the greatest of the giants were in that place. The place where God is assigned for you, there's an enemy there. There's an enemy there because hear me, there's nothing of value in the wilderness. Why do they want this? You can't grow anything in the wilderness. There's nothing of value there. But the minute you shift into the place of promise where the land is flowing with milk and honey, where the fruit is massive, it says that they carried one cluster of grapes between two of them on a pole, one cluster of grapes between two people. The grapes must have been huge. It was a fertile place, super fertile. And the enemy doesn't want the church there. He doesn't want the church there. He doesn't want you to be possessing where they are moving and shifting. And so the minute you try to come up the mountain, that's when you engage in warfare. That's where the enemy is standing. But hear me, what did he say? He said, don't be afraid of them. Why? For they are pray for us. Jesus defeated the enemy. You've got all authority over the enemy. I don't care who's standing on the mountain. They better give way. Every satanic squatter that is in our place or territory, you got to give way because we're coming in the name of the Lord Most High and all angelic assistance is with us to take over what God has assigned for us. Amen. But anytime you want to go to a place where there's value, the enemy's there. And the enemy will always want to stop you from entering in. You want you to be fearful. You want you to not think you're good enough. Hear me, everything at this point, it rests in God. God's going to take you in and God's going to break you through. God's going def to defeat whatever's standing before you and shift whatever must be shifted so that you can be positioned where you must position for His kingdom and for His glory. Amen. No longer, hear me, can the enemy stand before you? And here's something when you read in, 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 in uh, the book of, of Joshua. When they're going into the place, you hear how scared the enemy is of them. Not because of them, because of the God that they serve. I think it was Rahab that says, we says, we heard all these things that your God did, how he delivered you, what he did to your enemies. And the people here, they scared. 
We should not be fearful to enter into those places. Government needs kingdom people. Hear me. Education needs kingdom people. Arts and entertainment needs kingdom people. Media needs kingdom people. Family structures needs kingdom people. Every form, every sector, every mountain needs a kingdom people that will be raised up in this hour to go and take over and possess what God has assigned to them. Amen. The world is waiting. The world is waiting for us to come to the place that God has assigned to us. The Bible says that the whole earth is groaning for the sons of God to be made manifest. Amen? Amen. So now that I've laid a little bit of a foundation, I want to just dig into a few principles of possession. And I want to utilize the scripture in Genesis chapter 22 verse 1 to 18. This is something God gave me a couple of weeks ago as I was just meditating on, 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 on the sermon and, the, and the, the series that Apostle was preaching on. And I just want to dig a little bit into this this morning. Amen. In Genesis chapter 22 verse 1 to 18, the principles of possession. How do we get to possess this mountain? 22 verse 1 to 18, it says, Now it came to pass after these things that God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, and he said, Here I am. Then he said, Take now your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah, and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. So Abraham rose early in the morning and saddled his donkey and took two of his young men with him, and Isaac his son. And he split the wood for the burnt offering and arose and went to the place of which God had told him. Then on the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw a place afar so off. And Abraham said to his, young men, to his young men, stay here with the donkey. The lad and I will go yonder and worship and we will come back to you. So Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on Isaac, his son. And he took the fire in his hand and the knife and the two of them went together. But Isaac spoke to Abraham, his father, and said, my father... And he said, here I am, my son. He said, look the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for a burnt offering? And Abraham said, my son, God will provide for himself the lamb for a burnt offering. So the two of them went together. Then they came to the place of which God had told him. And Abraham built an altar there and placed the wood, excuse me, in order. And he bound Isaac, his son, and laid him on the altar upon the wood. And Abraham stretched out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, yeah, I am. And he said, do not lay your hand on the lad or do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God since you have not withheld your son, your only son from me. Then Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked and there behind him was a ram caught in a thicket by its horns. So Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up for a burnt offering instead of his son. And Abraham called the place the Lord will provide. And it is said to this day, in the mount of the Lord it shall be provided. Then the angel of the Lord called Abraham a second time out of heaven and said, By myself I have sworn, says the Lord, because you have done this thing, you have not withheld your son, your only son. Because bless, a blessing I will bless you and multiplying I will multiply your descendants as the stars of the heaven and as the sand of, the, of which is on the seashore. And your descendants shall possess the gate of their enemies. In your seed shall all nations of the earth be blessed because you have obeyed 
my voice. And so this morning I want to take an analogy just in terms of what God showed me concerning Abraham and going up to possess the mountain, amen, to the mountain that God had showed him in dealing with Caleb and dealing with us and dealing with us now in terms of the kingdom understanding of us going to possess the mountain God has called for us. Because hear me, like I said in the beginning, this is the outcome. Dominion is the outcome. Every believer should be walking in dominion. Not one, not two, not three, but every single believer should be walking in dominion. That's God's design. That's the original intent, and that's why Jesus came. So number one, he says, go to the mountain, I will show you. God assigns the mountain for you. The gifts and callings of God without repentance. You know, when God makes you, when he designs you, he assigns a mountain to you. Are you with me? Even when he said to Jeremiah, he says, I have ordained you a prophet to the nations. Before I formed you in your mother's womb, I ordained you. That means before he was even made, before he was even shaped, before he was even a human, God already assigned a mountain to him. That means I ordained you. I said before you, I've already told, I've already inscribed inside of your DNA, the place that I've assigned to you, amen? In Acts chapter 17, verse 26, and he says, and he has formed, made from one man, from one blood, every nation of men to dwell on the face of the earth, and has determined their pre-appointed times and the boundaries of their dwellings. You are not here by accident. God has assigned you to be here. If you're born in Johannesburg, South Africa, or you're living in Johannesburg, South Africa, it's God's intent for you to be there. But moreover than the geographic location, God has assigned a time. God has assigned a time for you to be in the earth. So even though what's happening in the earth today, it's God's ordained timing that you and I should be on the earth today. It's God's ordained timing that you and I should go over and possess today. Hear me, with your life, God has assigned and inscribed inside of you an assignment that is targeted at the mountain. And because you are alive today, He has got a plan for you today. And His design and desire is to take you into the place He's assigned for you. And no man, hear me, the same way He said to Joshua, no man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. What He's assigned to you, you must go in and possess. All you have to do is go. Number two, he says, take your son, your only son. This is a tough one for many of us. Because he had another son. It wasn't his only son. He had another son. His other son was called Ishmael. But this was the one he loved. This was the child of promise. This was the one that had an attachment in here. You see, even when they fought, the two boys fought, he could send the one boy away and say, take your mother and go to Haggai. He said, okay, you can leave. But he would not leave the child of promise. And for many of us, we have a child of promise that's attached to our hearts. That God wants to know, is he of higher importance or is the promise a greater priority? You see, because in order to climb the mountain or territory of your purpose, you will always be required to sow your life. Not a seed, your life. This is your most precious seed. When you can lay down your life, your personal desires, the things that you really want in life or you really believe you should have. And hear me, it does not mean that they're outside of the context of the promises of God. It does not mean here God says that you are prosperous. God says that you are healthy. God says that you are wealthy. God says that you have purpose. God says you have gifts and talents. It's not necessarily outside. 
God says to Abraham, I will make your name great. It's not necessarily outside of influence and prominence. You can be desiring those things and God could have promised you those things. A prophet could have given you a word to say, this is what God's going to do to your life. You're going to be a multi-billionaire. You know what I'm saying? And the word has been released or you're going to be called to ministry. But the minute that word is released, it does not mean it's an automated process to the next. God says, no, that very dream. Are you willing to just be obedient to me? And let me work out the plan for your life. It took Caleb 45 years. (laughs) 45 years. 45 years. For him to come to the place where God had promised him 45 years ago. Do you still have the same hears when you come to that point? You know, I always thought, I was like, you know what, if it was me, and I was Caleb or Joshua, I'd have been like, go get Jesus. Take them all out. We go. You know what I'm saying? But the reality was that even though they on that day qualified through faith, God still needed to process him so that he could have the capacity to handle what was to come. So as you're walking and going towards the mountain and you're willing to lay down the things that are precious to you, it is God severing and cutting away and shaping you to give you the capacity that you need and the preparation that you need to go to where he wants you to go. You see, God needs to ensure that the promise over your life is not greater than the one who promised. That's the test. Can you give up to go up? Can you give up to go up? Can you say, God, I don't care what it looks like. I don't care what you're asking of me. I'm gonna do what you called me to do. You know, God can call you to be one of the best preachers in the world, but can you come and serve in the house and come and sweep? Can you come, your God says you're going to be a multi-billionaire, but can you come and clean the church before the service? Can you come and sow your time? Can you come and give of yourself? Can you lay yourself down in order for you to go up to where God has got for you? Because obedience is the currency to climb the mountain. Obedience is the currency to climb the mountain. It's not your skill. It's not your intelligence. It's not your education. Yes, God uses those things, develops those things. But the number one currency to get up onto that mountain is to make sure that you're obedient. Can you heed the voice of God? 1 Samuel 15 verse 22, but Samuel replied, what is more pleasing to the Lord, your burnt offerings or sacrifices or your obedience, listen, to his voice. He says, listen, obedience is better than sacrifice and submission is better than offering the fat of rams. Romans 12 verse 1, he says, and so dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all that he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. That was in the New Living Translation. He says, Present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. He says, give yourself. Don't give something, give you. Don't give something. It's easy sometimes, you know, when you have a certain level of comfort to throw an offering in. You're with me. But an offering that is given outside of purpose and that's something that you haven't purposed in your heart to give is detached from your life. God says, I want you. I don't want anything else. I want you. Can I have you? And the minute you say, yes, Lord, every step of the way, I listen to your voice and I'm obedient. Tell me, that's faith. Faith and obedience goes together. Why? Because you must hear the word of the Lord and obey the word of the Lord. And that is faith. That's the application of your faith. And then you will walk into what God has got for you. 
But can you give up? And it's very challenging for many people because sometimes your dependency, even in your place of employment, is stopping you from entering into what God has got for you. When God wants you to ship, I'm not telling you to leave your job, please. What I'm saying to you is there's seasons and moments where God wants that gap to take place. There's seasons and moments where God wants the ship to take place and where God gives you an opportunity for that ship. But if the job, if the dependency upon that income holds a greater portion of your heart than God's instruction and voice in your life, then you cannot get up the mountain. Obedience is the currency to climb the mountain. The next one, he says, stay here, the lad, and I will go and worship. You see, worship is not a song that you sing, but you giving everything. He says, I'm willing to sacrifice. I'm willing to give it up. You know what, God, if you said, I know you promised this thing for my life. I know you said that this is the outcome. But you know what, if you say, go this way, I'm going. I don't care. I'm just going to go. I'm going to do whatever you've called me to do. That's worship. You see, when you sing a song from a surrendered heart, or you write a song from a world that is submitted to God, that song will come with an anointing because that's worship. Servants stay behind and sons go up. Because you, okay. Not everybody's going to go with you to the top. Because not everybody's going to be willing to sacrifice. Not everybody's going to be willing to give up. And here's the thing, don't get frustrated with people to change your expectation. But even as a leader, even as somebody God has called you, to go up and possess. Look for those that God is called to sacrifice with you. Jesus qualifies us. Listen, Jesus in Matthew chapter 12, verse 50 says, Who, for whoever does the will of my Father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. Who does he qualify as those that are family? He says, those that are family, yes, your natural family, but those that are willing to give up their lives what the will of the Father is in this lifetime. So when you're climbing up the mountain, when you're going up to where God has called you to be, it's going to take a family to go and possess what needs to be possessed. It's going to have to be us in one accord, our will submitted to God with the vision laid before us so we can go and climb and do what God has called us to do. You see, in this house, you have Kingdom Life Embassy. God has given you a tribe. Hear me. There's an anointing and a grace upon this house. It isn't upon another house because they have theirs. The same way you have the 12 tribes of Israel. If you go read, I think it's Genesis chapter 49. He breaks down the different tribes, the heads of the tribes, and he breaks down the grace. Go read. The grace that is on each and every tribe. That means every tribe is part of one nation, but not every tribe has the same grace. So when God calls you to a house, to a family like this, He sets you in a place because there's a grace on this house that is a sign for your purpose and your destiny. And with this grace, you can take over and go and do what God has called you to do. Because why? Sons go up the mountain. Sons go up the mountain. Sons experience what the Father experiences on top. Sons receive the revelation that gets released on the top that others don't see. Are you with me? Sons get to walk up, but servants will stay at the bottom. There's nothing wrong with staying at the bottom if that's where you so choose to be, but you'll always be submitted to those that are on the top. Proverbs 13, 22 says, A good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children, but the wealth of the sinner is stored up for the righteous. That's God's intention. Hear me. That when you go up the mountain, this is not for an income. It's about a generational blessing. I sat in a meeting this week where this one guy, a very, 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 very uh, 
kingdom man positioned in a place of prominence. He said, we've got five years. We've got five years and then we're going to have trouble with our children. If we don't stand up as a kingdom people now, it's going to be a problem. This is not something that was new to my ears. It's something that our spiritual father has been saying over and over and over again. And it's like a Noah that's saying the rain is coming. It's time for us, hear me. It's time for you to take your place. If you call to this house, if you call to another house, then take the same word. But if you call to this house, God has assigned to you a piece, a portion to play in this house. What God has assigned to this house to build is not for us. It's not for Apostle Max, hear me. It's for our children's children. It's so that when they grow up, they will never be subject to what the enemy wants to feed them. Hear me. The mountains of influence influences the culture and that dictates what your children live under. And because the church has not moved into those spaces, we've allowed the enemy to have the last say. But no more and no longer in Jesus' mighty name. I want to encourage you today. I want to speak to every son and daughter in this house today. It's time for you to get up and do what God has called you to do. Stop slacking. Stop looking for comfort in the wrong system. But get up and, and acknowledge God in your life. Acknowledge a house in your life. And get up and do what God has called you to do. It's the season. The time is now. God is looking for the sons to manifest so that they can take over where God has assigned them to take over. Amen. Next, I think I've got only two or three points left. I trust this has blessed you this morning. Is the mountaintop test. Genesis chapter 22, verse 9 to 12, he says, Then they came to the place of which God had told him, and Abraham built an altar there and placed the wood in order, and he bound Isaac his son and laid him on the altar upon the wood. And Abraham stretched out his hand. And took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. So he said, here I am. And he said, do not lay your hand on the lad or do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God. Since you have not withheld the son, your only son from you. You see, it's one thing to be tested at the bottom in the valley. Because many times at the bottom and in the valley, what is it? It's that you will spit in my eye so I can be healed. Many people come into a place, they're desperate, they just want what God wants. They get a little bit of breakthrough and they're gone. Do you understand what I'm saying? And so God's, God wants you to, God through the testing of your faith and your obedience, through the one season, it's you to trust Him. But when you come to the mountaintop, is can He trust you? God needs a now I know moment with you. Why? Because whoever sits on top is going to rule the mountain. And if somebody comes on top and they refuse God in their hearts, they're going to put the people under bondage and they're going to keep the wrong system governing the next generation. So God wants you to walk up with Him and there's going to come a time when you're on the top that you're going to have to look and you're going to say, God's going to say, lay that thing down. I sat in a meeting two or three, three weeks ago and God delivered a concept, a, a strategy that I believe is for, for, for media that we've been working on. Um, and through lots of prayer with Apostle and Pastor Z, that I know they've been praying for us and we've really been trusting God just to position us where we need to be positioned. And there's one thing I'm trusting God that I believe it's, it's going to change. It's a game changer in the industry. And I've got this thing and, and I'm, I know what I'm looking for. And I sat in a meeting and this guy says, look at me, I got connected to these people. And these people, they got the money to do this thing. I said, who's the people? I said, no, they're connected to so-and-so. I don't want to mention names. I said, ooh. 
I said, no, man. Yeah, I don't have a peace on that. But it's a quick way to get to where I need to go to. I said, no, I don't have a peace. I said, I'll come back to you. The next day I phoned him, I said, the Lord gave me one and said, this is not the way to go. I can't receive this thing. Why? Because the test on top is different to the test at the bottom. The test on top is, can God trust you? Because everything in the mountain is subject to the one who's on top of the mountain. So can you do what God needs you to do with what he has given you when you're sitting on top? Amen. Deuteronomy 6 verse 10 to 12, it says, So it shall be when the Lord your God brings you into the land, which he swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, to Jacob, to give you large and beautiful cities which you did not build, houses full of good things which you did not build, you not wells which you did not dig, vineyards and olive trees which you did not plant. When you have eaten and are full, then beware, lest you forget the Lord who brought you out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage. You see, in the wilderness, you've got nowhere to go. You need that manna to drop every day. But when you come into the place of promise, the land's going to give up to you because you are possessed. Are you with me? It's at that point that you need to be fully submitted, even more so, and sensitive to God's leading. Why? So that He can direct your hand and direct whatever needs to be directed so that the people can be set free. Amen? Because the mountaintop is not about you or me. It's about the people. Everything God does is for the people. God wants to position somebody on top whose heart he has in his hand that he can squeeze when he needs to squeeze and say, shift the money, shift the wealth, do what you need to do, open the door for this person, open the door for these people. Why? So that these people can be set free and no longer subject to this world. He wants to put you on top so that you can influence that mountain and bring in a kingdom culture that will bring up a generation that comes beyond us that will be kingdom sons and daughters. The wealth, next point, the wealth transfer only takes place on top of the mountain. Genesis 22 verse 34 says, Then Abraham lifted his eyes and looked, and there behind him was a ram caught in a thicket by its horns. So Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up for a burnt offering instead of his son. And Abraham called the name of the place the Lord will provide. And as it is to this day, it says, In the mount of the Lord it shall be provided. You cannot get man, wealth with a man mentality. You've got to get to the top. You see, the ram wasn't at the bottom, it was at the top. When your obedience takes you to, to the place of where God wants to position you, you will see, He will give you revelation. Because wealth and revelation go hand in hand. Wealth and revelation go hand in hand. I'm not talking about money, I'm not talking about things, I'm talking about wealth and revelation, where God will give you strategy, downloads from heaven, to tell you how to possess the mountain. And hear me, when you come to the top of the mountain, the wealth is there. That's why the enemy doesn't want you there. He don't mind you having a high-paying job with a nice salary, but you're still subject to the one who's on top. The powerful thing even about the revelation and the wealth, it was generational. Because Abraham wasn't the only one who saw it. Isaac experienced the same thing. So as we go up as a family to possess, when you come to the top, we all get the revelation and we all walk in the wealth. Amen? Last two. You will possess the gates of your enemy. 22 verse, Genesis 22 verse 17, he says, Blessing, I will bless you. Multiplying, I will multiply your descendants as the stars of heaven and the sand which is on the seashore and your descendants shall possess the gate of their enemies. 
in Matthew chapter 16, he says, what does he say? He says, um, he says, and the gates, he says, I will build my church, my ecclesia, and the gates of hell will, no, will not prevail against it. Think about this. When you come to the top, it's where the enemy is. The enemy wants to keep you out there. But when you come as the ecclesia, matured sons and daughters of the Most High God coming with the kingdom understanding. When you walk into that place, that gates must open to you. No longer shall the enemy be able to stop you or keep you out. You'll be able to push through, press through and get into whatever God has for you. Why? Because you possess the gates of your enemies. This year was declared the year of the opening. I declare and declare whatever was shut to you in the last season where the enemy shut the gates to you. This is the year that it's open. This is the year that it cannot stay closed to you anymore and you will Possess the gates of your enemies in Jesus' mighty name. But where does it take place? It takes place when you come to the top. Your focus has to be the territory. Your focus has to be the mountain, the assignment and the purposes of God for your life. Not the things, not the false comfort that the world will offer you. And then lastly, when you're on top, you rule. That's dominion. When you're on top, you rule. And then you have rulership over the domain that God has assigned to you. When you come to the top of the mountain is when you sit and you manage and you rule. The same way, that, that picture that God had of you in Genesis chapter 1 verse 26 is the picture that He wants for each and every person of us. That we are on top of the sphere of influence, the territory that is assigned to you. And now you rule. Now you decree and declare. Now you set things in place. Now you download strategy and you say, our children's going to look like this. These are the things that I'm adding into this mountain. No longer do we have to take what you have to say, but we're going to say it this way. We're going to rule, we're going to govern, we're going to lead, we're going to overtake like this because this mountain belongs to the Lord most high. Amen? Because when you're on top, you rule. Amen? And amen. You can have the worship team. Thank you, Jesus. This is the season and this is the moment, church, here. I believe with all my heart as God has released the word, the seed is made for dominion in this past season. It's because God is positioning us where he wants us to be positioned. Our prayer must be that God will open up our eyes to see things the way that he sees it. Our prayer must be, Daddy, burn inside of my heart the deep desire to fulfill the assignment and the purpose that you've set for me. Hear me, you need to listen. If you're in this house and a part of this vision, then start to hear what God is saying. Listen to this Father that is given to you in this house. You know, many times you preach a word like this and people still try to run off to build something on the side. That's not God's intention. There's no power in that. The powers when we work together, it must be family driven. There's so much space in, space in this vision. From education, agriculture, media, arts, entertainment, training and development. There is so much in this vision. I'm telling you, it's huge. So when you hear a message like this, it's not for you to go and start a business. That's not the purpose and the plan. It's for you to hear what God is saying. Daddy, where do you want me to plug in? What is, what is the weight? You see, when, when Isaac walked with him up, he says, he says he was carrying weight. He was carrying the wood on his shoulders, the sun. It's time for us to take the weight and say, okay, what is in your heart to do? Where do you want to take this thing? What is the purpose and the plan of God for this thing? 
And let me carry weight. Put something on here so I can take that. So the government will be on his shoulders. That's what he said about Jesus in the book of Isaiah. Because sons carry the weight. And it's when we carry weight together, hear me, when we come together, we are forced to be reckoned with. We are forced to be reckoned with. Not the way that we think it's going to be. I had, I had a discussion with somebody else about a week, two weeks ago on radio. And he was the same thing. He said, look, must, you know, must I tell these people to start their I said, don't start businesses. There's no point. Collectively come together as a community. Get the right leader in place and build together. Here we have an opportunity in this house. I'm telling you, from education, it's media, it's arts and entertainment, it's government, it's, it's the church, it's family, it's huge. The, the meetings that we're sitting with, it's like, your Lord, are you serious? And it's so big, why? Because God knows what's coming. This, what we experience, is nothing compared to what's going to come. But we need to be aligned with the house. It's the season, it's the time, it's your moment to walk up the mountain that God has assigned to you and to get plugged in and get connected so that we can flow where God wants us to flow. If we're going to shape a generation, it's going to take unity of a family. So let us change our perspective this morning. Let us get serious with the things of God. You've seen what's happened in the past couple of months. How the whole world was shaken because of a virus. Something you cannot see. The whole world, economies were taken down. Don't put your faith in something that cannot hold you or sustain you. It's time for us to build according to the copy, the plan, and the model that God has assigned to us. And if you belong to this house, there's a place, a peace, and a portion assigned for you to build according to what God wants you to build so that we can affect generations to come. Hear me, when he released the revelation on top of the mountain, he said it's for you and for generations. It wasn't just for Abraham. It's for generations to come. We've got to build now so that our children are safe and secure in the future. And that's so that they've got the right information. They're built in faith. They're built with, according to a kingdom culture and a kingdom understanding. And they will not waver, but do what God has called them to do. Amen. Thank you.